Hey guys, uh, Aiden is tricking you into thinking he's the taller Aiden. He's not. Um, <laughs> it's not even intentional. Mm, sure, sure. Whatever you say. Whatever you say, Blondie. Uh, anyway, uh, today I wanted to start off the show because we're, we're going to have a bit of a short show tonight because we have a meeting we got to get to uh, afterwards and then we also have to uh, have to finish filming. So we're going to do an hour long, probably do 40-20 for discussion to yep. questions. And honestly, if if you guys send in enough questions to, you know, we, we're, we can just switch over to that. Yeah. Uh, at this point. Um, so, yeah, that's that said. What are we doing? We're, what? We're peeking a bit. Is the um, you in the gotta, back? Yeah, we got to fix that over here. Yeah. Um, the gains in the back. Yeah, we can just we can just do that. There we go. Nice. That, should, that should fix it. Um, now we're not screaming. Exactly. So what I what I wanted to say was, uh, yeah, if you guys if you guys have questions about the Nahani video, uh, I know that's a, a big one, a big topic. Um, we contradicted ourselves from our original video. We contradicted probably stuff that Amerson Peters said, Mr. Baldwin, a whole bunch of them. So uh, if there's any questions as to why we decided that we thought differently on a certain topic, uh, you know, go ahead and ask. Um, obviously, we'll, we'll hit Super Chats first, and if we still have time, then we'll we'll hit non-Super Chats. Somebody did mention in the comments the other day uh, that they, they found the... Basically, there was an interpretation of the reason we take Super Chats because we don't care about people who ask a question without paying for it. It's not that. It's that when we go through the questions... The, the chat disappears the, like it only shows us like the past 50 messages so we can only see the last 50 normal messages the super chats on the other hand those show up for us the entire time in a separate tab that we have here also sorry if you guys hear a dog screaming in the background lower the volume a slight tad bit more to fix the peaking uh yeah so the reason we do super chats for that originally was partially to fund the show um now more than anything it is to to help us keep track of questions for Q&A time. It's a tactic that I took from some some larger podcasts early on. Uh, so that said, if you want a question answered, I will say this much, the, the amount of money you spend on the question will not determine whether or not the question gets answered. Yeah, no, it's just, it's a way to help consolidate and keep the questions there for the entire show so we can reference them back, even if you sent them right now. Yeah, so that's that's the big reason we do it. You, I, think, I think there are character limit increases that come with the higher... Spend, but that's on YouTube's end, not on ours. Yeah. Um, so if you have a question and you you know you don't want to spend a ton of money, but you want it answered, you can use the two dollar option. You just got to keep it under a certain number of characters. Yeah. Um, and again, if we see questions in the chat that we find interesting, we do try to get to them. Yeah. So yeah, just, just like, considering yeah. people spend money for the super chats, we give them priority because we think it's you know a, a deserved uh, I guess stats at that point. Yeah, so I just we wanted to get that out there, um, just respond to some things. The person who initially brought it up, we had a conversation about it, and they they, they understood it was no longer like a an issue. So I'm not I, I don't want to make it sound like we're angry with anybody or we feel slighted. We just wanted yeah. to explain because uh, I realized we probably haven't explained why we do that since we started the show three years ago. Yeah, I mean we've definitely done it here and there, but I think we've had a few hundred thousand people show up since then. Exactly, uh, literally a few hundred thousand people. Yeah. So with that out of the way, that explained. Uh, I wanted to start off this episode with another throwback to early in the show's uh, life with with the Bone Tree story because it gets brought up now and then, but I haven't actually read it since it arrived in August of 2021. So I'm going to read you all the Bone Tree story that is so oft referenced on this program, uh, and then I'll get into one other little announcement, and then we'll hit Nahani. Uh, to start, Lovely. we got this one from our, our, our buddy Will. 
And he says, howdy, my name is Will, and here's the rest of the context on the bone tree and its related mess. I work at a paintball field, so we've got a decent stretch of woods that are pretty untouched. The bone tree in question is a massive oak tree, probably a good six feet wide or more. There was a circle of bones around it when we first moved in. After we moved those bones, shit started happening. So this is the origin of the phrase, don't touch the bone tree. Or just <laughs> don't move the bones. Don't move the bones of the bone tree. Yes. Put the bones back around the bone tree. This is where this originates. Yes. I hear a, what is that knocking sound? Did you touch the bone tree? Ah, <laughs> I must have. <laughs> I can't tell if it's coming from upstairs or the other room. It seems like upstairs. Hang on one moment. It was the husky. She has a bop it toy that drops treats and she was bumping it into the wall. I love that dog, but oh my gosh, it is a handful. Anyway, back to the bone tree. Uh, not much for the first year or two, but in February of 21, things escalated. I saw this skinny, creepy thing on the side of the road, probably about four to five feet tall on all fours, legs way longer than they should have been, movements didn't match what its body was doing, and then something was stalking around my house for a day or two. Other people in town have weird shit too. Animals freaking out randomly, voices trying to coax you into the woods, just not good stuff. A week after that, we watched something in the field drag a deer 200 feet and then tear it in half. We have video of what's left of the deer. It didn't eat it, by the way, just killed it. We thought it was a coyote and a turkey at first. So whatever that creature was, it dwarfed this deer. Wisconsin has bears, but we're way too south for that. And a wolf is too small. After seeing all of this, the woods just got worse. If you get near the tree, it's dead silent. Feels like you're being watched and you'll hear something big darting through the underbrush. Underbrush. We've seen human-like figures lurking in the woods and disappearing randomly. Our manager saw it first. After that, he and his family were having daily nightmares of red eyes coming from the tree line. A quote of what he did, back in late June, I walked out to the tree and hammered seven iron nails into the tree in the shape of a cross and blessed the ground at the base of the tree with holy water. Finally, I poured a salt circle around the tree. Since then, he says the nightmares are gone, but weird stuff is still happening. Last Monday, I jokingly went, what's up, flesh pedestrian, while standing near the tree line, and next thing I know, a six-foot tree was moving because something just ran past it. So yeah, we're having a great time up here in Wisconsin. We'd love to hear what you have to say about all of this. I think you should also give some background on the term flesh pedestrian. Oh, yeah. People might be too new for that. Yeah. So, yeah, back when we first started the channel, we were largely focused upon the uh, the, the Wendigo phenomenon. Uh, and, and the thing was... Uh, the Wendigo persuasion. Yes. A lot of, a lot of internet, uh, quote-unquote, wisdom would tell you, hey, you know, don't say that word. It attracts it. Or, hey... Don't say skinwalker, it attracts it. Uh, I, I ended up eventually working to track down the origin of those uh, those beliefs, and they seem to stem from skinwalkers specifically. Wendigo, it, it's taboo to say it, like, outdoors in the winter in Canada. What else do you have to say in the native language, don't you? That's skinwalker. Ah. Which, yeah, you're not supposed to say skinwalker in the native language at any point, um, but it's also not necessarily because it attracts it, but more because these things are simply taboo to talk about mm. uh, in, in certain native cultures. So, you know, uh, and also I think, I think an important point is that largely the reason they say, hey, don't say the words is, and I've spoken to some native individuals about this, uh, is because they're, it, it, that's not necessarily when you're talking in an academic context. 
Uh, but at the time, we decided, you know, let's just be respectful and we'll, we'll change up the terms. We also were arguing that maybe all of these were manifestations of the same kind of legend uh, across the country. So we decided to call it a flesh pedestrian. As we learned more, uh, we came to the conclusion that probably not. Um, probably not all the same thing. These all appear to have uh, different roots. So maybe we're talking about different monsters. Then we went, hmm, maybe these aren't monsters at all. Maybe these are men. Uh, and that's kind of the topic of today's video or today's podcast. We have inevitably become, you know, the episode of Sco uh, Supernatural where, you know, Scooby they go into Scooby-Doo. Yeah, yeah. Scooby Natural, as some may know. Uh, uh, Scooby Natural. We we kind of happen to, to become that, it seems. We, what do you mean? We are right in the middle of the continuum between Scooby-Doo and Supernatural. Mm -hmm. Basically. Instead of. Uh, a bunch of monsters being like real estate developers mm -hmm. or like a bunch of monsters being real. Mm -hmm. uh, we are in the middle where, you know, they, they just happen to be like some, some level really of stuff dudes. Yeah, some some level of like legendary folklore, but like human folklore somewhere along the line. Some silly, goofy lads, you know, some just some some Yule lads even <laughs> at times. Oh, boy, the Yule lads. I, I there was uh, somebody from Iceland commented on the video where we talked about the Yule lads recently I mm -hmm. uh, and was saying how they thought that our pronunciation of or my pronunciation of all of the, the Icelandic names was hilarious. Eat a goblin. Yeah, because uh, here's the thing: when we first covered the Yule Lads, like yeah, I think it was, I think it was the end of 2022. Yeah, uh, Christmas season for that. I I tried to get it right, and then I realized I was never going to pronounce Icelandic correctly. So we might as well just go full Hingarðingarðurgan with it. <laughs> it's Lífjárksson. Exactly, uh, because I figured the Icelanders would be a, a population with a good enough sense of humor to appreciate that I wasn't trying to upset them, and but was realistically saying I I can't pronounce your language. Yeah, <laughs> we love you so much, but forgive yeah. us. For the, I, I find that for the most part, no matter you know who you're talking to, they usually appreciate that you even tried. Yeah, uh, unless it's the French. In which case they're like, how dare you speak a language as in French to me? And then you try speaking French to them. And they're like, how dare you try to speak a French to me? And then you go, okay. From what I've heard, they, at least certain French it might just be Parisians. It. Yeah. I've heard it might just be Parisians. It may be. It may um, be. Which, you know, okay. Like, <laughs> your language used to be German. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, how do, you, how do you go from a language that sounds as, as aggressive as German to a language that sounds as frou-frou as French. One easy answer. What is the one thing that the French are incredibly good at? Surrender. What happens before that? Cheese. Some would say revolution. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Rebellion is their bread and butter. Or maybe their cheese and baguette. Yeah, probably. <laughs> their brie and baguette. Yeah. Uh, the brie and baguette. Good Lord. Who let us do it? <laughs> we did. Yeah, uh, the internet fault. encouraged this to happen. Yeah. Anyway, this we, is your fault. We are now 15 minutes into the show. So it's time to talk about the actual subject of the program, which, of course, is the uh, the Nahani National Park. We talked about this for the first time very early uh, on the podcast, probably like within the first 10 episodes, I think. Yeah, it was early. Uh, also, I apologize for the snippling. I am still getting over a cold. Uh. At the time, we mostly went with just the Mr. Ballin version, yep. um, which, you know, again, not, you know, I pre Mr. Ballin's one of my favorite creators. I, he's a storyteller. He's not a, he doesn't do what we do. This is a different kind of thing. 
So we went and we looked at uh, at it again um, a little while later and got a little bit more outside work. Uh, but I still had to rely a lot on uh, secondary and tertiary sources. This time around, I had the time, I had the experience, I feel the expertise, and the resources to go in and look at the primary sources, the original newspaper recountings, the uh, which of course newspaper recounting is technically a secondary source, but a lot of them had quotes, which is a primary source. Yeah. Um, and when you do research like this, largely what you want to do is make sure that you're focusing, uh, you know, on both of those because primary sources often have unreliable narrators, uh, and secondary sources, you know, sometimes are incorrect. So you have to use a mix of the two. You got to make sure that the primary sources line up with the secondary sources and that the secondary sources have taken the context of the primary source into account. Yep. This is all just historiography and methodology, how, how things work. And even just elements of journalism. Like there, yeah. there are legal protections for journalists that anticipate that certain elements of the stories are generally going to be incorrect just due to the nature of how they operate. Uh, but the, the goal of that is it's like, it has to be in the service of truth and you know all of the context needs to mm -hmm. generally match if you're fabricating anything and found to do so you can be legally held liable uh if you're found negligent you can be held legally liable yes. but there are certain uh tolerances within journalism legal you know, legalities and law that accounts for the fact that some things are wrong which in this context is a good you know validation of why you need primary secondary and a mix of not just one single source of primary and secondary but a variety of different sources mm -hmm. within those different levels yeah exactly this is why i love having you here is you know the journalism stuff thank you um also to just really quickly cover a comment i saw that said french is derived from latin yes but also german much in the same way english is derived from german and french uh french the french language derives from uh west frankish which is a dialect of old germanic um and then, of course, what happened was the Franks became federati for the Romans. That was uh, basically allied, an allied nation that lived within or on the borders of the Roman Empire and fought for the Roman military. Uh, during that time period, Latin and West Frankish intertwined to become the old version of French, what we what we know today as French. That's why if you look at the original, like like French from the, the 800s, the, mm -hmm. uh, the, the Carolingian period, you can see the influences of both. And then over time, the Latin kind of became the primary, the primary piece of it. But there's still some German in there. Um, and then English is German, French, English, Latin, Greek, Scots. <laughs> English is just the, the essentially the, the I was going to say the desalination, yeah. the delineation of like several languages yeah. all streamlined. Mm -hmm. But yet also not at all. Yeah, the way the way we got the word eggs is that it was initially iron, like German, and then the Danes came, or the Norwegians, and the Danes came, and they were like, no, 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 eggs. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> so yeah, not to sidetrack too hard, but that cultural mixing is actually relevant to the story at hand. Uh, because the, and this is another point where the, the pronunciation kills me, because when we first did a video on it, we talked about, uh, we said that there were people there who were uh, mixed, mixed race, native and European, mm -hmm. and we referred to them as Mati, mm -hmm. uh, because that is the way I believed that a word spelled M-E-T-I-S in French would be pronounced. Mm -hmm. I was told I was wrong, and that it, you actually pronounce the S, and you say Métis. So I pronounced it Métis after looking up the pronunciation of the French word. 
uh, only to be told once again that I was wrong and it's pronounced Metis um, or Metis. So that drove me a little insane. Uh, also, I think that there's the, the definition of uh, the term has changed a little bit over the years as it's become more of an official term in, in Canadian uh, legal definition. It originally applied. If you look at the uh, the people who are being described, everyone, including the McLeods, described the McLeods as being Metis. I. Uh, the McLeods were not at all French. So today, generally, from what I understand, the term applies to people who are mixed French and indigenous. Mm. But back then, the term, the word just means mixed. Mm. Um, so back then, it meant basically any European mixed with any Native American. Now it's gotten a little bit more specific in, in legal parlance, from what I understand. But the original term meant somebody who is mixed race, European and Native American. Um, so I just wanted to put that out there. And that's, that's part of the reason that what happened to the McLeods is so weird mm. because what I said in the original was, oh, well, they were, they were half native. So they, you know, they knew the natives and the native knew that it was more than that. They grew up native. Yeah. They, you know, they were fully immersed in their mother's culture. They spoke the language. They knew the land. They knew the history. They knew the legends. So these are these are two guys who were, as far as things go, probably the very best equipped to go into that region and survive. Um, they would have been able to, if they were approached by natives who were perhaps hostile because they thought they were white prospectors, they would have been able to, in the uh, the the Dene dialect of the area, say, "No, no, we're Métis. Like we're we're we know this area. We're from here. You know, they could." theoretically present themselves as, Hey, you don't need to worry. We're not outsiders. Mm. Um, now, of course, to what extent that worked is unclear because as we know, the, the Casca that they ran into on the flat river weren't particularly, uh, helpful, but that could have been less racial and more, Hey, it's our gold mine. So, uh, I think, I think a lot of people look at this story and they go, Oh, well it, it's, that's something that I noted when we first looked at it was, Hmm, the people who, who end up dead are typically white people who went in with the intention of taking resources out. Maybe this really was a, an effort by the local natives to protect their resources, protect their land, uh, maybe use the legends of these, these mysterious Nakani uh, and the Naha tried to, to scare people off. And then I looked, I looked into some more of the sources. And if you go back further, the, the Naha and the Nakani are talked about long before the gold prospecting happens, long before there's uh, a lot of trapping in the region, back when there are just missionaries there speaking to people. And they're talking about things like they're like, it's so strange. Every summer, the entire community becomes obsessively fearful of something they believe is hunting them but doesn't exist. And I sit there and I'm like, maybe that's because it exists. <laughs> maybe the reason that they're afraid of it is because they are confident that this is a real thing. The hilarity of their ability to just so swiftly dismiss mm -hmm. the possibility mm -hmm. is phenomenal. Yeah, they basically, and it, it, to an extent, it probably was a sense, Not in the, and it's. I want to be clear here that while in many cases there very much was an ethnic component of this is a lesser race, just as often it was, this is a less advanced race. This is a primitive race. It's not that they're necessarily inferior to us in terms of their heritage, 
but they're behind us. So they probably have some woo woo beliefs. Mm. So that's why a lot of people wrote them off. Um, and of course, there were quite a few occasions where it was simply uh, the, the savages. They don't know what they're talking about, um, which is frustrating for me as a historian today, because now, you know, it takes it's a lot harder to earn trust and be like, yeah, I genuinely want to know what your beliefs are. And I genuinely would like to help you preserve them. Yeah. Um, but I understand why you're hesitant because what people, you know, people who looked like me did some, some awful things. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think, I think there's a, a perfectly acceptable level of skepticism when, when the white man comes knocking, asking for your superstitions. Uh, that said, I, I also think that, you know, there's, there's a healing opportunity there. Mm. Um, and I, I hope we can take that. As I said in, in one of our, our other comments in one of our other videos, um, you know, there's we were looking at that uh, that Anishinaabe legend the about how uh, the, the two prophets, the prophets come, there's seven total, but some of the prophets come and they say that uh, there will be a white, a light-skinned race or a white race mm -hmm. that arrives. And it's possible that this isn't a real prophecy. It's possible that this is history told through prophecy. Uh, both are things we've seen in the past. But they talked about how when the white race, you know, comes, you'll know them by the face they wear. It will either be a face of brotherhood or a face of fear um, or anger. And that the they will come and they will succeed. They will conquer. And one day they will have the choice between unity and prosperity and uh, basically, you know, destruction of the entire world. And as somebody who lives in the world and would prefer not to see it destroyed uh, on, you know, if they happen to be right, I would like to work on, you know, saving it. <laughs> I mean, I think it's a fair and noble cause. Yeah. So when I so when I look at this story and I see all the people who are like, oh, it was it was as simple as, as natives versus white people. I really don't think it boils down to that. I think that what we're dealing with is either, as as the, the title of the video says, misfortune man or monster. I don't think that it's a tribal conflict. I think that we could be dealing with, you know, those three primary things. And I'll go, what I wanted to do is go through how that breaks down. Um, misfortune would be, the simplest explanation for all of it. Mm. It is what they said of the McLeods, the RCMP, or at that point, the Royal Northwestern Mounted Police. They said that, uh, well, they spoke to some of the natives and they said that the McLeod brothers had traded most of their food for some other supplies and they only had 50 pounds of flour and five pounds of tea. Thing was, the McLeod brothers were experienced hunters and prospectors. Their entire plan was to hunt meat, hunt moose and bear and wolf to eat while they were out there. Uh, and we know for a fact that, according to the natives, the McLeod brothers had, in fact, hunted some moose and stored it in a cache, like a mile down river of where they were. Yeah. It was either a mile up or down river. I can't recall precisely. But so there's no reason that the McLeod brothers should have starved. Also, uh, you know, there's there's some other reasons why I don't think that. Um, we look at the, the next case, uh, Martin Jorgensen. Jorgensen... His cabin burned down and his pile of bones was found you know, 20 yards off. None of his gold was there. He had reported he had gold. Uh, there was apparently evidence that other people had been by. And uh, it was thought by by Poole Field, one of the men who who discovered the body, that. You know, he had probably been murdered and robbed uh, after, you know, following his 
clues to get up there. The next one is uh, one of Poolfield's uh, cousins-in-law, a young woman who there's several different names. The only one that's certain is Lafferty. She was also Matee. She was from um, Fort Providence, which is about 200 miles to the east of where they were all hanging out. Mm. And this is just beneath the second canyon in almost precisely the exact same spot the McLeod brothers were, just across the, the, the river. Mm. Um, one day, randomly, she slips off into the woods. Some accounts say she runs off screaming. Some accounts say that it seemed like she just went in because they had to go to the she had to go to the bathroom. Uh, either way, they eventually realize she's missing. Poolfield fires three shots from his rifle into the air, and a group of natives with whom he was friendly nearby came to help him look. They go travel for nine days. They are running through the bush, chasing after this girl who somehow, despite the fact that she is smaller, less experienced. I, uh, you know, probably not as accustomed to that kind of travel. Somehow she evades them the whole time, even though they're following a trail of her clothes. Uh, they're following her tracks. And eventually, according to some accounts, it leads them to a rock face and they just lose the trail there. Interesting. Uh, some other accounts say that they're uh, that they saw her screaming, climbing up the rock face. Uh from what I can tell, from what I was able to corroborate, because uh, a lot of these stories are are much later, and you know how legend tends to snowball. Oh, yeah. So from what I could corroborate, uh, I never found any anything suggesting that Oldfield saw her scrambling up a cliff face. Mm-hmm. That seems to have been a later addition to the story, or somebody else saw her scrambling up the cliff face. I don't know. Either way, the part that makes no sense there isn't her scrambling up the cliff face it's her being driven so insane by mosquitoes that she ran off into the woods for nine days and somehow managed to evade capture by trackers considerably more experienced than herself especially considering the fact that the place to escape mosquitoes is certainly not deeper into the woods exactly uh it's just a very strange strange tale and especially when you consider who Poolfield is this guy was i believe an ex-mountie and he lived in Nahani, basically yeah. as a nomad, yeah. moving up and down the river. Uh, so that's the other thing is, oh, well, if he could do it, clearly people are able to navigate this and live in there. Uh, there was this idea that it was impenetrable. And then between Poolfield and a couple of others, including Albert Fail and Raymond Patterson, um, you know, they kind of proved that you could go in and survive, even if you were white. Like, that was safe. So that's another one that uh, that doesn't really feel like misfortune. It feels... If she had just run off and they found her like she had tripped and fallen and hit her head, mm-hmm. okay. She evaded them for nine days and then vanished. Yeah. That is weird. Um, impressive. If oh, true. impressive for sure. <laughs> Next, you get a guy by the name of, I believe, John O'Brien. O'Brien is a World War I veteran. He is in the mountains to go trapping with a partner. He goes to check a trap line and says he'll be back in eight to ten days. He's not. So his partner grounds up some help, goes out to look for him. It takes about three weeks, but eventually somebody stumbles across John O'Brien's body. Uh, I found a lot of claims that said that O'Brien was found huddled over kindling with uh, matches in his hand, and he just failed to light a fire, even though it seemed that he was moments away from it. And that was odd. It was almost as if he had flash frozen. Uh, from what I could tell, none of I, I found no reports from anybody who was there that he was found with matchsticks. Mm. The RCMP report says that he was found just frozen along the trap line. 
Uh, seems that the claim of matchsticks comes from another uh, forester, a frontiersman by the name of Billy Clark, who I believe didn't arrive until the following year. Hmm. Um, so it's possible that Billy Clark talked to somebody, but I don't like to include information if I can't track it down to the original source, or at least I don't like to rely on information if I can't track it down to the original source. So I don't, I don't know how I feel about Billy Clark's version of events, but that one to me seems like misfortune. Uh, the next one is Phil Powers, who also, you know, is is weird because his bones are found under the rubble of his collapsed, burned out cabin. But it, according to the Mounties, it seemed like he had died laying in bed. The only thing I can think of there, which I, I know wasn't brought up in the Friday video, is if. If it was a fire that was assumed to be in either a candle started mm -hmm. or in a stove that may have existed and it began to spread he may have died in his sleep of smoke inhalation yeah so like that's that's the plausible well, the question is why there. wouldn't you wake up that's the thing if you're asleep it's possible yeah it's possible that you can sleep through suffocating yeah so that one exactly up until you get to the point where they found his rifle rigged with a tripwire and pointed at the door. Now that is where it becomes a little less plausible. It's not that it, it, it's not even that it becomes less plausible that it was an accident. It's that that's the behavior of someone who believes somebody's going to break in. Yeah, there's a and it could be that the reporting was wrong and it wasn't pointed towards the door. Uh, but the the implication from the reports I read was that the rifle was pointing towards the door. Also, tripwire. Period. Yeah. Um, if the rifle was found inside. Uh, now, I will say, I also found a source that said that the rifle was found uh, hooked up as if it were to, to be a trap outside, mm. but it was hard to say between the two. So the Phil Powers one, it's, yeah. it's hard to say. Uh, and then you get the, after that, the uh, God, Epler and Mulholland, William Epler and Joseph Mulholland. Raymond Patterson knew them personally, had stayed at their cabin. 1936, they vanish and their cabin is found burned down. Which at this point, you start to ask the question, why have we found three burned down prospector cabins in this exact one spot? We're officially beyond coincidence. We are yeah. in suspicious territory. Yeah. Now, granted, this is across across three decades. Yet maybe it maybe it really is just isolated incidents of, of fire starting. Um, also, I was unable to determine if there was any reporting that Phil Powers uh, was found without his head. Uh, Mulholland and Epler were never found at all. So there's a couple of possibilities. Maybe the cabin fire was accidental and they, you know, had to leave suddenly and didn't make it. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of possibilities there because there's no bodies. It's really hard to say. Next, there are uh, Frank Henderson and John Patterson, who is of no relation to Raymond Patterson. They agree that they're going to meet up kind of in the middle of the valley at Virginia Falls. For some reason, a lot of reporting says they were going to meet at Watson Lake, like 300 miles south. Hmm. I think that maybe that's like where he like first reported the story. It's hard to say, mm -hmm. but he definitely went back to uh, Fort Simpson and this was in 1946. So he goes back to Fort Simpson to organize a search for his buddy. And he tells the papers that while he was in there, uh, the way things had gone was they had a tree. They agreed they would meet up at and, you know, if, and they would leave what their next move was going to be. So Frank reaches the tree first and he leaves a note saying that he's going to be down in dead man's Valley, which is what they started calling the area between the second and first canyon after they found the McLeod brothers. Mm -hmm. uh, it was called that by Charlie McLeod. So he goes down and they camp there for a little while, but it's a few weeks and Patterson never shows up. And he goes, 
Maybe he's still up there at, at Virginia Falls. So they make their way up to Virginia Falls. They camp there for a few days. And a few days in, some of his, his native guides and companions approach him and tell him that they've seen white figures roaming around in, in the brush. And a lot of the reports that you'll see today, a lot of the sources will say they said pale-faced demons. I'm not sure that's exactly how they, they phrased it. Mm -hmm. uh, they probably were referring to these things they called the Naka or the Nakani. Mm -hmm. which are this ancient legend, uh, or at least several hundred years old, because we have reports of this going back to the 1800s, um, of people, or things at the very least, who lived up in the mountains, who lived in underground holes, with then you could only ever find them by seeing the, the smoke coming up out of the ground. Mm -hmm. um, and in the summer, they would leave the mountains to come down and raid for wives, and, and they would also take children. Mm -hmm. They typically didn't kill people, but they would, they would kidnap uh, these are the, the people that uh, Emil Petito was that was talking about when he said it's so weird. Every summer they get afraid of this, this thing that doesn't exist. Um, so that's probably who they were talking about. Probably wasn't some sort of like, you know, aggressively supernatural thing, but these Bushmen that they talk about. Frank Henderson goes back into the valley to look for Patterson, never finds him, comes out, and he dies uh, like a decade later. And then there's not really anything because the the whole gold prospecting thing in the Hani dies off in the 1950s. And then in the 1960s, a guy by the name of, I think it was Jean Poirel, uh, I might be mixing this up with somebody else, but uh, there's, there's a guy who goes into the the valley to do some uh, I think it was like base jumping or something um, but ends up you know becoming an archaeological expedition mm. and they start looking into all these caves and they find caves thousands of feet up uh, in the and we didn't really talk about this in this specific video because it felt like they're you know it was it was too old to matter um, I also love the transition from base jumping to archaeology trip yeah archaeologists used to be a lot cooler so great. I mean, it makes sense the area considering the like abruptly vertical mm -hmm. cliff faces and how high they were. Like, yeah, great spot for base great jumping. Spot for base but I jumping. love how it's just like, yeah, we're gonna jump off some cliffs and then you get down to the bottom. And you're like, you see some caves we back should, there? We should dig. Yeah. <laughs> but they go into the caves and they find thousands, or it might have been hundreds. I can't remember correctly, but it was like at least hundreds of these doll sheep skeletons mm. in these caves. Just thousands of feet up yeah and these are sheer cliff faces yeah so i mean if a, if a sheep's gonna live anywhere the question is were they able to get that vertical oh well, there's the goats <laughs> true that gave that minimum. and listen i i know i'm not saying it's impossible i'm just saying it was one thing we referenced in the first one as a possible clue that there were humans living up there mm, yes 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 uh so today the caves are off limits unless you have like special permission um, but during that period, they, they start to realize there's archaeological value and it's a beautiful area and we should probably protect this as a national park. And they officially make it one, I think, in 1972. Hmm. But as with all national parks, there's still private property in them sometimes. Uh, and I think just outside of the national park, uh, along the North Nahani River in 2005, these two guys, Fred Hardesty and David Horsey, go to stay at a friend's cabin to help fix it up because hmm. it needs some repairs. And... I think it's June, it's either, yeah, June 12th, 2005, their buddy, uh, Rod Gunderson, Rob or Rod Gunderson, but Gunderson 
goes up and either he drops them off there or they see him there or he sees them there like he stops by uh so last time they're seen is on the 12th Mm -hmm. he goes up four days later on the 16th they're gone there is no sign of forced entry there is no sign of a struggle basically there's nothing wrong with the place the heat still works the air still works the water still works where are they Mm. he thinks maybe they're out for a stroll they're not they don't come back so he goes and he reports it and two days later the rcmp gets up there uh and as we know the rcmp just a year earlier had done a really good job tackling the bart schleyer case and determining that you know nothing happened uh and then not and then instead of nothing it was a, a bear but all of the wildlife experts said it wasn't a bear but you know the rcmp they're better at wildlife than wildlife experts generally yeah yeah of course you know, so, very good at what they, they were truly jacks of all trades yeah um they look around and they can't find anything which leaves the local decho dene community as well as the family and friends of fred and i uh, and David, and I believe Fred was himself a, a team man of the, the Decho community. Um, I think I remember you saying that. Yeah, yeah I, I wasn't able to verify for sure. Uh, and it's not necessarily that I couldn't have. It's that I didn't have time to. And he looked the part. Hmm. Uh, he, you know, he looked like a Metis man. Yeah. And given the area, that would make perfect sense, especially since the Lidley First Nation, who are themselves Dene, wanted to help find him. Yeah. And they were part of the group really heavily lobbying for the the RCMP to really look into this. Uh, they eventually do find uh, David. He's in the brush away from the river, about four kilometers, 2.4 miles from the cabin. He appears to have died of nothing. He's just dead. Uh, they deem it hypothermia. Mm. At no point that week did it drop anywhere below 40 degrees. Fair. Now, you can freeze to death in 40 degrees Fahrenheit, if you're wet or naked, not if you're a seasoned, well-dressed outdoorsman as he was. You know, it's they, they, they didn't say they found him wearing just a T-shirt and his boxers. Mm. They yeah. just say they found him. And interestingly, they said that there was no sign of anything wrong with him. And yet uh, a, a Jason Antoine, mm-hmm. one of the men looking for him, said it looks like he had burns on his hands and forearms. Mm-hmm. They found no sign of a fire interesting anywhere now it's it's possible that he had you know burned himself in a fire and walked off and they just never found the fire because it wasn't near his body but they, they made no men the, the rcmp really seemed to make no issue of the burned forearms yeah a few weeks later after bringing in some dog teams from alberta because they waited until almost a month later to bring in dog teams it didn't occur to maybe bring a bloodhound out or a cadaver dog yeah. when they first went missing, which, again, just phenomenal work by the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. You guys are just bad at your job. What, was it because he was native? Is that why you didn't look? Because we know that's why you didn't look for Amber Takara or any of the other women who died along the Highway of Tears. I'm not even, like, the, the, the politically left, and I'm I'm nailing people for this. Like this is this is not a political issue. No, you you are the compass. <laughs> I am the compass. 
um, you know, b before it, because people are going to complain. They're going to be like, you, you woke idiots, or people are going to be like, you, you mega people. It's like, nah, this, this, this kind of straddles, you know, no, not one or the other. This is like, a general human rights issue. Yeah, we, we have a problem with missing indigenous people, and we should probably solve it. Yeah. <laughs> if you exist, you should agree. Yeah, I just, you know, I don't, I, like I said, we never talk politics on this show. That's why we talk about these things, because they shouldn't be political. But uh, chances are, part of the reason they didn't care to look was because this was a native guy. Yep. I... And then if you look at the case with uh, with Bart Schleyer, that was an American guy. Was not their business. Nope. Um, so, <laughs> like, I'm just astonished at the incompetence. Um, anyway, they find Fred Hardesty uh, a few weeks later in the North Nahani River. I could not ascertain if he was found upriver or downriver, just that he was 20 miles away uh, or 20 kilometers away. If he was 20, 20 kilometers away upriver, I have so many questions. <laughs> If it was 20 kilometers downriver, I have fewer. Yeah. Because uh, in that case, it seems like he fell into the river. The only question is, how is it that he fell into the river and died, and David Horsey ended up in the brush? Good question. It is a good question. Um, my Looking at it, how do two seasoned outdoorsmen who know the area they're in extraordinarily well vanish from a cabin, bringing no firearms with them, no supplies, and then die in two completely separate places. Does it sound like anything to you? It sounds like they were chased away from where mm, they were. It sounds like they were running from something. Yeah. So, question is, what? And that's kind of the, the big issue here, is, is what we're talking about man or monster? Because it can't be misfortune. Jorgensen was shot in the head, they think. Uh, they think. Because hmm. um, they found... And they also found his pistol his revolver cocked and loaded mm. next near his body as yeah. well as an axe. Yeah. So they, and his head was gone. So I think he was shot in the head and the head was taken either as a trophy or to hide the evidence. Um, one of them, cloud brothers had been shot in the chest, according to Charlie. I, uh, the location where Miss Lafferty went missing was the exact area that people said the knockout liked to stalk. Not a single one of those groups not single one of those instances sounds like misfortune. It sounds like murder. Question is man or monster. And when I say man or monster, I don't mean man or supernatural monster. I mean, was this a simple crime of these guys have gold and I want it? After all, the McLeods were accompanied by a third man who was never found. Uh, Jorgensen basically left a trail saying, hey, I found gold. Come find me. Uh, it was left for a pool field, but it's possible somebody else took it. Mm -hmm. But then why take the heads? That's the big one for me. Why take the heads? Because clearly taking the heads did not prevent them from identifying the bodies at all. Especially if you followed people where they said they were going to be. Yeah. Um, so I, I look at that and, and that's why I still, even after the reinvestigation, err on the side of monster, not in the supernatural sense, but in the sense that it's, this was not simple greed this was trophy-taking behavior. Yeah. This was violence committed for the sake of violence. And to me, it seems that the, the Dene people of the region are not suspect for it. It's something that you never hear about them doing. There's never been one of them caught doing it. Mm. They seem to always be working hand-in-hand. -hand. They, they seem to always have good relationships. This is, like, one of those areas where it seems like, in general, the... 
the native community and the the white community lived fairly harmoniously um because the populations up there are so small and most of these were trading posts where you were serving both you didn't need a ton of white you didn't need a ton of space for the white people you, they weren't setting up colonies here they were setting up trading posts to go and get stuff from the natives and trade in return so you had a pretty good working relationship here because there was no battle for living space hmm. um so i don't think it would have been the decho because they were benefiting from these transactions now of course there's always factionalism you might have rogues but I just don't see enough evidence to blame that group of people for what's going on. And when you look at how long of a time span this is, it's basically impossible that it was one individual. It can't have been a serial killer. It has to have been a group. And when I look at it, when I think about the way the, the, the Naka are described, they're described as all male because nobody ever sees a female. But if you're going to raid for wives, you're not going to take the women along. They are described as living underground in the mountains. Caves. Uh, they only come there. There was only fear of them in the summer. Well, as it was said, the Naha used to come down and raid in the summer. Are we talking about perhaps two different groups? Because the the Dene were not the only people who live in the region. There were other native communities, smaller ones up there. It's also possible that there were groups up there beforehand. So it could be that the Naha, as Herb Norwegian, the the head chief of the Decho, says. They could have been a Dene tribe that eventually left. The Naka could be a completely separate organization and group. And you start to see some, uh, there, there was one uh, article I referenced in the, the video. Uh, I can't remember the, the author off the top of my head who wrote about it and said the word means spies. Mm. And that you could have Naka who were both white and native. So there's a lot of different interpretations of what this term could mean. I wonder if it's it could be that it's, a simple term for spies from another tribe, in which case we're talking about, you know, another tribe. Uh, it could be that this was a general memory of back when the Naha used to come down and raid. But I, I, I am curious and I look forward to investigating further the possibility that the Naka are real and perhaps were a small mountain dwelling tribe who they were right to fear. Yeah. I mean, think about it. May Lafferty. There is one way that a young woman, a teenager, disappears like that. It's if she's carried off. And we know these people used to come down for raids and she disappeared in the summer. Who else is going to know the area well enough to find the McLeods and get away? Yeah. Who else is going to know the area well enough to track down Jorgensen's cabin, burn it, kill him and leave? Who else is going to know the era well enough to go find Phil Powers and get rid of him effectively? What is one of the most common ways that people primitively have fought against each other? Fire. I think that while I don't want to sit there and say that there is a large undiscovered tribe living up there, I am intrigued by the possibility that at least into the early 1900s, there was a remnant of something, of some group. So that's what I think is fascinating about the area. And I, I hope that we one day get to go up and you know, interview people and discuss like what legends there are, because it was, it was killing me. You know, I'm sure Herb Norwegian gave parks, Canada, uh, a whole letter. What? It's just, no, no, no I'm, I'm that, listening. That, I'm sure they did. Cause I said, Horb. No, 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 no. It's, it's just, I'm anticipating what you're going to say. Oh, I'm sure they gave, I'm sure he gave them a whole letter and they only included the part they thought was cool. Yeah. Uh, so I would love to get to talk to some of these people. Um, I think somebody may have commented saying that they knew Herb. 
uh, and I was like, oh, put me in touch, man. I yeah, would love, awesome. I, or even just talk to the tribe. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping that we can, through this charity we're working on setting up, I'm hoping that we can ourselves go and travel to these places and sit down and, and, and get these elders into a room and say, all right, tell us your story. Yeah. Uh, that stuff would then go on its own channel, its own web page that every cent of that, aside from operating costs, which would be very minimal, I uh, would go to native communities that want to partner up with us to do things like uh, land purchases, building redevelopment, uh, scholarships, those kinds of things. Um, so, you know, I'm hoping I'm hoping that we can get that up and running, but I'll have more information on that later this year. Yep. Uh, it turns out that starting a, uh, a charity is actually a lot of work and very oh, yeah. confusing and requires so much time. So we're going to need help with that. If yes. you know anybody who is, you know, in the native community who would like to help us with that, please have them email uh, aiden.mattis at lstagency.com. That is our our management email. So that will ensure that we see it and that it gets filed under the right thing. Yep. That said, I went over time by 11 minutes. So let's switch over to Super Chats so that we can record a Bigfoot video. Well, really, really quickly before we switch over to Super Chats, there was one thing I think you were referencing that you were going to mention earlier in the episode that I think we skipped over that what? will be relevant to this podcast, in particular, the hiatus that is occurring. Oh, for those who are not aware. right, 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 right. Yes, we will be. Uh, and tell me if I am not going the direction you think i am okay. uh starting march 1st we will be taking two or three weeks off from the show while we rebuild the studio because we are i am moving into a space that has a slightly larger room for this we're going to be upgrading our equipment we're going to be upgrading i mean cameras desk chairs uh well actually the, the chairs we already have it's two of these guys we just have to build the other one it's over there in a box yep um, so cameras, chairs, uh, microphones, headphones, we're going to have a mixing board. We're going to be doing all sorts of better stuff. Uh, also we heard you, uh, many of you said that you were disappointed that the show would be moving to be primarily guest focused. So instead of maybe doing primarily guest focused, we'll try and book guests every other week. And then we'll discuss the topics we've you know had on the Friday shows in the off weeks. Yeah. So say that we have, uh, Say we schedule Nick from Missing Enigma to come on and talk about the Yuba County Five. But that weekend, we do a video on Bigfoot. And then the following weekend, we do a Missing 411 case. That second weekend, we'll talk about Bigfoot and the Missing 411 case. And then the week following that, we'll talk about something with another guest who is in the field, who is an expert on something, so that we get kind of a mix. And it it lowers the, the load on us a little bit. I, uh, you know, but there will be a lot coming up. And for those of you who were upset about the the use of AI art, I want to be very clear. Uh, that was solely a reference image because we I, I wanted to have something, uh, you know, to give you guys an idea. And I also wanted to send stuff along to our actual artist so that we could be like, hey, what what do you think? Can you do something like this? Yeah. Um, and you know, he's very talented, so we will, and he will be paid phenomenally. Yes. Uh, because in my opinion, I, I don't see it personally, I don't see an issue with AI art if you're using it, uh, you know, for your own reference material. It's when you start to use it for monetized purposes that I think it becomes yep. problematic because the art itself, uh, should, you know, it, it's basically compilations of other artists' styles who aren't being credited or paid. So I think if you're going to use uh, AI art, then you should probably probably avoid monetizing it. Yeah, the, um, the, the new gray area on that is obviously the, the new AI video that yeah. is being teased right now. And it's like, you know, for my purposes as a video editor, 
something that I would have loved to have done last week is for all of the descriptions of the stories that he's giving about these prospectors in Nahani, we don't have the production budget to go to Nahani or even a local valley, yeah. hire actors to pretend to be prospectors and go out and shoot that. That would cost tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars to do for the type of videos that we create. Mm -hmm. So the idea that I could put in, a, put in a prompt and create a few shots within a larger video that describe or that visibly show what he's describing mm -hmm. about a certain case, even the Yuba County 5 case, being able to do something like that would be phenomenal. But then becomes the issue of you could have had XYZ do that. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, the issue there is that we're not at a level where we could afford to do that. But where does that line exist? And I think it's going to be an interesting conversation moving forward. But yeah, we're that, gonna, uh, I will say this right now. Our, my intention is to avoid the use of AI generated anything. Yeah. And I think it, ideally we would do everything with people to the utmost possibility that we can. Uh, this The question becomes what you guys want to see. Uh, and that's where we want to hear your thoughts. But so that was where I wanted you to go with the podcast. But then also yeah. there was one comment that will come up a little bit uh, from now. But they specifically were asking about uh, the rants and the un, you know, the kind of irrelevant things in our podcast that we normally do. Ah. And they were asking, are we still going to be doing that? And I think uh, that is relevant to a, a separate channel podcast. Oh, that we're yes. Of doing. So once we have the, the actual space for it, which we will, because this new place is laid out considerably better than my current one. Uh, we'll be doing Lore Lounge, which will actually just be Aiden and I and our friends sitting around bantering about generally these topics. Yes. But in a more laid back way where we're each having a glass of whiskey and yes. just making jokes and talking about, you know, pop culture. We're going to, well, obviously, you know, we'll sit down and they will be like, you know, talking about the latest trend in cryptid media, but the conversation is quickly going to go off the rails. Yeah. If, if <laughs> we may get into a three hour Star Wars tangent. You never know. Mm -hmm. But that'll be on a separate channel called Deeper Lore, mm -hmm. uh, so as though we do not hurt our algorithm here uh, and all the people that don't want to see that. So if you want to see us banter about things, mm -hmm. look out for that in the future. Yeah. But yeah, I'll stop digressing us. Uh, or I will <laughs> yeah, you're guilty of the digressing. You know, here's the thing is that if you show up to Deeper Lore, there's going to be a lot more of me uh, ranting and raving about random things. Yes. So... The, the unfortunate thing here is that he does all of the research because his fantastic brain is built for that. Uh, but that means it's difficult for me to contribute to the conversation at times. Yeah. <laughs> you, you have to spend your time actually editing what I'm saying instead of listening to what I'm saying. Correct. Right. Well, the thing is, I, you know, we can converse about it. But when you're telling a story. Yeah, I see what you're saying. You have the facts and details deeper than I do. Yeah. Uh, nonetheless, Bobcat for $10 at the start of the show said, have you read The Last Circle by Sherry Seymour? It seems to relate to cases you've covered recently. It just, I will get that in just a second. Okay. But somebody did say in the chat, isn't there stock footage available? Lots of missing channels use the same four people searching the woods wearing illuminous yellow vests. <laughs> yes. But we don't want to be every other channel. <laughs> yeah. Also, stock footage is extremely limited. Like, trust me, yeah. there was a decent amount of Yukon and, like, Northwest Territory stock footage in Friday's video. But, like, there isn't currently stock footage of prospectors from the early 1900s venturing into the Valley of Heaven's yeah. Men. So totally. that's that's where the crossover potentially may lie. Yeah. One day, maybe we'll have the budget to actually film that kind of thing. That's the dream. But also, we would need more than a week to do these videos. Yeah. <laughs> the, the dream is that one day this channel is us uh, doing, you know, 
doing a video once a month yeah that is just extraordinarily high production quality yeah uh and then having the the podcast every week and and doing you know some some smaller content here basically we're going to try and break things out but we will always have content coming out on this channel that's yeah. the style you like it's just probably going to get more and more complicated and yeah uh turn more into documentary style the idea is we slowly shift from quantity to quality which yeah. we've already done but it's just a matter of reaching a point of sustainability where that's possible to the level that we want it to be yeah all right so uh bobcat said have you read the last circle by sherry seymour seems to relate to a lot of the cases you've covered recently i have not but i will write that down somewhere uh yeah all right down pull up a, what it was called the lost uh the, the last, last circle by sherry seymour uh, the next one is from Link X Neptune for four ninety nine, saying, uh, "As an anthropology and criminology student, your show helps me learn more than my classes do." That was probably the most fulfilling thing that we've ever heard. Yeah. Oh boy! I, I, that that adds further and further credence to the idea that. Oh, and why were they made? New info that you found seemed to be, uh, or uh, new info that you were found to be accurate. Yeah. Than the old interviews. So you covered that a bit earlier. Yeah. So it, there were just a few little things in there. Like in the original video, I'd said that I didn't think Charlie was a lot along for the uh, the first excursion out there. Uh, as it turns out, it seems that he was. Um, I think with Phil Powers, there was a detail in there that they he was reading a magazine when the cabin burned down. Um, but I wasn't able to corroborate that either. Just little things like that. Uh, I think I may have added some more details uh i went yeah i went into more detail about who epler and mulholland were so it was it was you know some expansions some contradictions things like that but the the whole you know idea was all right i have more time more experience more resources let's see if anything changes here and at the very least i can deliver for you a video that does not have random green flashes in it yeah sorry <laughs> That wasn't your fault. Uh, the, 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 the RTX drivers were not properly updated, and I ran out of time. Uh, anyway, Cody Giller for... Oh, no. Where is that? Australia is a U.S. I, That's think, I, a. Think, I think it does show up on here as just A. Then is AUS Austria? No, I think that's... I, Austria is the euro, I think. Interesting. Nonetheless, it's $5 from somewhere with an A, uh, saying inspiring philosophy, Wendigoon, and Mr. Mattis on the Weird Bible podcast. It needs to be done. We'll never accept no as an answer. Uh, I could probably make that happen. Yeah. We'll look into it. Cam Boone, who's been a member for nine months, thank you very much, uh, says, about to graduate from uh, with an MSW, 1700s American Asylums slash MH Treatment, I'm um, assuming mental health treatment mm -hmm. is an untapped niche and tons of weird events slash superstitions for an episode up north by y'all. I need to point. look something up really quick. Masters in social work. Uh -huh. There we go. I was like, I was like, I do, I do not know what an MSW is. You know what? I am surprised we haven't it's a done noble, noble profession. Actually, it really is. Yeah. You know, Tip of the hat to you, sir. Uh, I was about to say a statement, but then I immediately realized the why behind it, uh, that we've never done a Penhurst video. Oh, yeah, because they want us to pay them through the nose. Yeah. And also, they probably wouldn't be happy about us if it turns out to not be haunted. Yep. Uh, that would probably ruin their game plan a little bit. Yep. Um, although, like, there's plenty of stuff around here that's not actually haunted. 
Um, I, from what I've heard from people who have worked on like shoots there and stuff, uh, weird stuff happens. At some point, we'll probably bite the bullet. The issue with Penhurst is that I don't want to pay them to do a a ghost hunt and then have them stage things. Yeah. On the other hand, I really don't want to go to prison for breaking into Penhurst and investigating. Yeah. So you, you know, it's it's kind of if I could get you know if I could get it contractually promised that they were not going to uh, stage things for us happy to I also would not be going in there and doing my favorite thing to do is on on my personal channel on the Aiden Mattis channel on Thursdays I'll do reaction streams mm. they're a lot of fun what we'll I'll do a lot of the time is I'll look at ghost hunter videos you like sometimes the old stuff a lot of the time the new stuff because they'll show up somewhere and be like I've got this spirit box app on my phone and you're like you mean you downloaded an app that is you pay for to talk to ghosts and, and you think it's not just listening to what you say and then generating a phrase? You understand how a spirit box works? The whole idea is that it's communicating via radio channels. Yeah. And scanning to, it, like, no. <laughs> That's not how spirit boxes work. Uh, so if we do that, we're, we're going to do the typical stuff like EMF reader, I. Uh, thermometers um you know microphones set up parabolics yeah, yeah. cameras and we're gonna do it all by showing up in a black muscle car and it'll all be in the trunk yes um <laughs> next hayden ross for but yes i will look into uh 1700s american asylums because i think that that's just an interesting one to do but continue fifty dollars thank Woo, you thank you uh said hey aiden's huge fan of your show uh your content helps me get oh. through my 12 hour shifts oh. so do you have any info on any texas cryptids thanks so much first off what's brutal a, yeah what's a good texas cryptid we are going to be looking at the ladybird lake issue um yeah, yeah, we'll I, I try to avoid talking about things that are actively happening um with the exception of the gabby petito thing because that's it's something that i have personal connection to uh but yeah i'll uh i'll look at uh I, i'm definitely gonna look at that and then as for cryptid stuff uh let me do some digging i know we covered the amarillo zoo creature at one point uh but you know that was probably a hoax um almost definitely a hoax yeah but yeah that's uh let me let me look into it and see what i can find unfortunately our cryptid content just hasn't done well recently yeah for as much as you guys here like it everybody else doesn't yeah unfortunately also jd petty asks who does the better blue steel i think that might be you incredible uh ryan wakeup good to see you again uh for five dollars and four cents you know what i like uh writing about a 1900s baseballer who adored fire trucks a jaw jacked and jaw jacked a lion for no reason not the worst thing to happen to a wild animal in cincy cincinnati yeah Ryan, you are coming up with some stories to write about, dude. Yeah, that is really impressive. Uh, Nicholas Melton for $10 says, Thanks for your clarification on the French-German thing. On that note, any chance we can get more non-North American lore from you guys in the future? And let me beat you to the punch of why this is hard, because I've heard it from him many times. The problem is that we like to use primary sources. He likes to use primary sources. When your non-North American-based folklore is the research you're focusing on, guess what language most of the primary sources are not in? English. Ours. Yeah. Uh, it's unfortunate. Um, when it comes, at, at least I'll say this. 
it's a lot easier for me to do folklore from Europe because a lot of that has been at least translated in English. Yeah. It's English. Um, the problem is that people don't watch those videos. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> the Harry Potter video is evidence because that entire video was European folklore and it just tanked. Yeah. Um, so it's hard for us to do the folklore content because a lot of the time people simply don't want to watch it and I have to put a lot of work into it. And, you know, the, the problem is based on the way YouTube revenue works, if we have a video tank, it hurts. Um, it hurts bad. At one point, we had a 25% drop in revenue uh, because one video tanked. So it, we got to be careful about it. And then as for the unsolved mystery stuff... Uh, once you get outside of, of the UK, almost nothing is in English and something that, uh, you know, a lot of, at least for a lot of Americans comes as a shock is that European laws regarding, uh, transparency are wildly behind America. I mean, really? yeah, they're like in the United States, as long as it's not an open criminal criminal investigation or a national security issue, you have a right to know. You can file a FOIA request, a right to know request. Uh, now, does that mean the police will actually give it to you? No, thanks, Ridley. Um, jackasses. Big there. Yeah, uh, they still haven't gotten back to us. Shocker. I'm gonna go hand deliver it. Um, I'll go with you. Please do. Uh, but so we we just can't get access to a lot of case details because even people in those countries can't get access to those case details. Yeah. I uh, you know there's there's a lot more privacy. I. Uh, and they're not privacy even, but the, the government just can be a lot more uh, opaque than they can here or than they're legally supposed to be here. Yeah. Uh, so it's hard to track stuff down sometimes. That's I mean, it's it's there's a microcosm of it here in America with Florida where there aren't laws about releasing or there are. I think it is that there are laws about releasing the name mm -hmm. of a, a suspect. So if you're arrested in Pennsylvania, they can tell the media immediately why you were arrested. I believe in, I believe the way it works is that in Florida, there's laws that show you can't immediately release the name. So what you hear is Florida man arrested, Florida man arrested, Florida man arrested. Yeah. And you're like, okay, <laughs> Florida man, this guy is prolific. He's everywhere. <laughs> yeah. It, it makes it fun for headlines. Mm -hmm. uh, Pablo Raul Pereira. We got that right. Uh, as a gift, gifted us memberships or gifted oh. a membership for some. Well, thank you. That was kind of you. That was very kind of you. Uh, Mike de Russia, which is a oh. sick name. By the way, that is another way that you can support the channel. Is you can you can give uh, you can buy memberships for people yeah. for five dollars, uh, and that gives them a, a free super chat uh, once a month. For, it's after your first month. Um, hmm. But yeah, it's just little stuff like that. Also, I can see their names better. Yes. There's other little perks that we were meaning to get to, but I think we need to like sit down and really yeah. go through like, all right, what can we actually offer? Yeah. Um, uh, so for 199, he says, uh, my dog ate a person and now she's a Wendigo. Wendigo. <laughs> I like that. Incredible. Uh, Pantsbray for $5 says, newish new subscriber wanted to say hi. Wendigoon sent me. Welcome. Woo! Welcome. I'll tell Isaiah we say thank you. Thank you to the goon. Uh, Asmodeus, sweet username, Asmodeus. Interesting. Fair enough. <laughs> Either way, sick name. For $5 says, do you have any donation goals for this month? Oh, God. We have donation goals we have to get through from 2021. Which we are still working on 
I still gotta make I gotta wear I gotta find a hot topic to wear the make Windows see great again hat into. Yeah. We gotta remember what they all are. We have them written down somewhere. We do. Somebody will be somebody will go through and find them for us, I guarantee yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we just need to get to that. We're working on the calendar. Yes, the calendar is coming. I saw somebody asked about it. This is... We are going to be starting an entirely new channel to work on the calendar. We are yes. We are in talks with uh, both my girlfriend and a friend of mine to uh, have them do a diet and exercise plan, and we will start a channel called The Lift Lodge. Yes. And then once we have completed our plan, uh, The Lift Lodge will become a, a fitness-oriented channel. Yes. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we both have our own goals for it, uh, but, yeah, we, we're we not giving up on the calendar. We never did. No, it's just that we keep not being sexy enough. Yeah. We're our own worst critics. <laughs> okay, continue. Uh, Miss Mori for two hours says, human rights should not be political, heart MMIW. All Absolutely. in on that. Uh, Jensen XXP for one ninety nine pounds says thanks boys the podcasts get me through work awesome awesome glad to hear it Kirby for nine ninety nine thank you says uh, love the guest episodes but with the upcoming changes will will there be a new place for the more casual unstructured ADHD videos episodes uh, they're my favorites love the content either way and yes, yes I think we got to that one we're yeah. gonna have uh, lore lounge uh, that will probably be like once every other week or once a month yep. and then we because people seem to be uh, disappointed that they might be losing the the uh, the this <laughs> we decided I, I decided I didn't really consult with him on this one uh, I decided <laughs> I just want to be honest about it uh, fair enough because I realized you didn't, you didn't get input on that I just kind of made a decision yeah um, I, I let it rock I was yeah. like I got no problem with that yeah I decided that I will will also because it'll probably help us to make sure we have consistent guests uh, yeah we'll, we'll switch off yeah yeah, there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes, and we don't always have time to talk to each other about yeah. it at this point, which is why we set up that meeting. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. There we go. Yep. Uh, Mike DeRusher for 199 said, thought my dog was joking. Turns out she's serious. Spelled S-I-R-I-U-S. <laughs> Are you by chance a <laughs> Buffalo Bills fan? No, serious is the name of the dog star. No, I know. It's a really bad joke. No, I know. I but love it. Serious is also the theme song for the Buffalo Bills. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By, uh, oh, God, what's the band? It's, um... Muse? No. That sounds like a name of a Muse song. No, Serious... Song... Alan Parsons Project. That's Got it. it. Yeah. Never heard of it. Uh, you'll know it if you hear it. Also, I saw somebody in the chat say, I've been chest pressing this whole time. How is this not the lift lodge already? I'm impressed that you've been chest pressing for one hour, 13 minutes and 22 seconds. <laughs> uh, I'm just in shock and awe. What, that he's been chest pressing yeah. for one hour, 13 minutes Keep and 33 going, seconds? <laughs> Get at it, brother. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, Cedar from 999 says, just wanted to say, love the show, and I appreciate how much research and care you put into all the oh, cases. Thank you. Also, any plans for more on-site investigations in the future? The answer is yes. The question is when. Yeah, we may be working with uh, Trova Trip to start doing, uh, like, you know, group trips, uh, probably starting in the United States and Canada and then moving out to Europe. 
Um, but doing those will give us an opportunity to go to places like Seward, Alaska, Yellowstone National Park, um, you know, things like that to to go and shoot things on site. Seward was the site of uh, Paul LeMay, um, mm-hmm. his his disappearance. So that's yes. Uh, it's just a matter of paying for it, because right now um, we made an oopsie with our taxes and now we owe the government lots of money. Uh, um, whoops. We got a little bigger than we thought we would. Yeah. Uh, so we, we are hiring a CPA. Yep. Um, but once uh, we finish paying off our back taxes, we may be able to afford travel. <laughs> we may be entitled to compensation. Uh, no, we're not. The government is. Uh, nonetheless, um, was that the... Yeah, okay. Uh, Mike DeRosher for 499 says, uh, it must be depressing to be called the cold cold can't when you could be cold Where are these coming from? Are you just like? Are you just writing puns, like highly intelligent puns, into the? Wait, message retracted. That's that's the next one. Well, fruit squisher, what did you say? I don't know, but they said it for a dollar. Okay. Yeah. It, that's message retracted, not not message deleted. So that means they got rid of it. Yeah. How bad could it have been? Uh, was it the one dollar one? Yeah. I don't see it. Nonetheless, K Android for $20 says there's a lot of similarities with what went on in Nahani with what's going on in Arizona regarding the lost Dutchman's gold mine. Yes. Uh, do you think it's a coincidence that both involve gold disappearances, head hunting, and guns? I heard about it. I will be looking into it. Um, I will say the location and the fact that it's also a... A Diné speaking people in the region, uh, or at least there are two groups in the region, is not lost on me. So I will, I will certainly take a take a look into that, um, and maybe we can do an episode on it soon. Uh, Hayden Ross for five dollars says, "My second ever super chat. I love the music videos you've done. Where can I find more? The music videos. Are oh we, my God, those must be the old old ones. Are we talking about the music videos that exist on this channel, or, or the, the music, music videos, videos that, that are we on, made in high school that are on my? Because <laughs> um, they're. Why would you tell them about that? Because <laughs> apparently only sixty-two people have recognized that I have a YouTube channel. That's true. Which is oh, great. Now there's going to be some very embarrassing." Uh, old us dug up. It's been there the whole time. I know, I know just um, you know, us us being very emo. Well, me being very emo and you filming it. Yeah. Um, I was emo. That's how that's how we became friends. Yeah. He needed somebody to be emo for a school project, and Correct. I was there. I was a director who needed actors. He I was, was the best actor I could find. Yeah, which tells you how few actors he knew. <laughs> No, don't sell yourself short. Uh, yeah, so we had that. The Honestly, I think aside from you directing me to walk entirely too slowly for one shot of that video, I think that the uh, the What's-Her-Name one came out well. Which one? The What's-Her-Name one. No, 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 which shot? At the very beginning, I was walking away from that abandoned church that now no longer exists. Yeah. And you kept telling me that my I needed to either walk slower or walk more smoothly or something. And the result was that I just walked extremely unnaturally. Yeah, but we didn't see your legs, so it didn't matter. Still, it's just, <laughs> I look like I'm floating along the ramp. <laughs> Yo, Camp Jam reference, let's go. Uh, but as for the as for the videos of music that are on this channel, uh, if, you, if you haven't seen them, I have old videos of me performing from back in high school, all the way through to right before this channel started, actually. Yeah. 
uh, that are, you know, just acoustic and, and full band covers of usually like pop punk and punk rock songs. Um, I have a couple of Jesus of Suburbia, one of which I uh, you can't see it, but I was not supposed to be playing guitar. Our guitar, one of our guitarists didn't show up. Mm. So and I found this out an hour before we had to go on. So Jesus of Suburbia is a nine and a half minute long song. I wrote the chord progression for every single piece of the song onto my forearm. And I was just looking down at it and I still messed up. Um, but to be fair, with an hour's notice, I think I did a decent job. Exactly. I'm not that good at guitar anymore that I can do that, but I'll, I'll get there. Um, you, you... And we have new music coming out, actually. If you watch my my personal streams on the Aiden Mattis channel, we've been playing through uh, the, the tracks we're recording, PJ and I, as we make new versions of them. Um, so those will be posted very soon, at least to the Discord and the Patreon, probably. Mm. Uh, and then eventually they will go on Spotify, Apple Music, all of that. Hopefully this spring. You also consistently undersell your capabilities on guitar. I have to, like, I have to acknowledge that. Like, you are far better than you claim to I be. I don't think I am. You are a good rhythm guitarist. Yeah, but like, and you're an intermediate, advanced I rhythm guess, guitarist. I guess. The well, types of songs you play are not easy. For I guess people. we'll discuss it. <laughs> also, I think I left my acoustic at my mom's. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Oh, is it at the studio? I think still, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Potato Cryptid for $5 says, You guys need to come to Alaska this summer. I can totally show you guys around the Mount Marathon area where Mike uh, LeMay went missing. Funny enough, I've been planning a trip with Kat to go to Alaska for over a year. We were supposed to go. That was my fault. We're wrong to make up for it. But it just so happens we might make it a group trip. Yeah, so we actually might be doing a Trova trip thing up to, uh, I think it was Anchorage, Seward, and... Fairbanks? It might have been Juno. I can't recall exactly, but yeah, we we have we have some stuff in the works. Um, all right, what's next? That <laughs> just immediately all caps Alaska. <laughs> Sorry, it's an Alaskan bulwark. <laughs> uh, That's just the tongue. <laughs> incredible. Uh, Cakes for four ninety nine says I will fully fund a Star Wars Live <laughs> channel. I don't know that we can do a Star Wars lore channel, but we can absolutely do a Star Wars Lodge channel. I There was a video that popped up on my uh, recommended mm -hmm. for my personal whatever, like yeah. a few days ago, which was a very brief look at a Phantom Menace. It's a 12-hour long I video. saw that. Yeah, I saw that showed up for me, too. I will say, as far as Star Wars content goes, we'd be happy to have you guys watch us talk about it. Yeah. But uh, Geatsley's and Eckhart's Ladder and Generation Tech are all phenomenal Star Wars channels. Uh, I don't think they need us to shout them out, given how big they are. But I mean, I, I am always happy to recognize good work. Uh, I I mean, their their videos got me through my boring corporate job for two years. I shot with a buddy of mine right out of college. Yeah, a about this. Star Wars series pilot, not an official pilot. It was like a, a spec script. Uh, yeah, it was, it was especially essentially a spec pilot. Uh that he was like the main writer and then I was kind of like the technical director in the sense of like working with the crew and such. Uh, we were actually, he was in talks with Generation Tech to do something with it. I don't know whatever happened to it because due to COVID and everything like that, everything just kind of fell apart progressively. The last cut I saw had promise. Uh, but the thing is- Maybe is that, we, we could probably reach out and talk to him about it. Maybe we could get in touch with Generation Tech. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think- uh, yeah, I think as a spec pilot, because like that's the thing, it was like it was so unfinished mm -hmm. that like this the score was being worked on last I saw and everything. I gotta get in touch with them. But yeah, I mean it was the actors that we worked with were phenomenal. We literally we built the set in an abandoned warehouse basement 
of a building that was due to be demolished within a month. And it was built by I my... like that this is the second time you've done that. I know. <laughs> and I wasn't even the one who organized it either. Anyway. Um, and it, the, the guy who built the set was a hobby craftsman who happened to be related to my buddy. It was like his like stepdad or something like that. The set was great. Like, for having almost no budget, it looked like a Death Star could, hallway. Could you imagine what we could do with our budget now? I know, like, I know. Yeah, and, I, and the fact that we have a community that would probably be happy to donate a dollar each to make it happen. Yeah, um, yeah and the story was solid. Like, he, he did a really great job with that. It was, uh, yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> we made Premiere a, a Star Wars fan pilot at some point. You never know. Uh, Rapid Cougar 3 for A2 dollars says, please get Mini Minute Man on again multiple times, please. My brother in Christ, I've been trying. The man does not answer his cell phone. He's a busy child. I will I will say to you what I say to the people who ask us to get Wendigoon back on. Go bug him about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go tell Milo that, that people uh, want him back on the Lore Lodge and that Lore Lodge wants him back on the Lore Lodge. Yes. I, was, I missed the period where we were fighting to get a TV show that would have starred... Us, Stakuyi, Minute Minute Mini Minute Man, uh, a girl uh, from TikTok who goes by Lady of the Mercians, and Aslan Pahari. Mm. Like, it would have been yeah. a phenomenal show. Yeah, that would rock. Uh, granted, now I mean the the amount that it would cost them to put that show on, given how much each of these different creators make, is astonishing. But yeah, no, no, no but like, so. Tomorrow or Tuesday, whenever that we should try and see if we can reach out. That's true. And do that. Yeah. Because I know what you're trying to do with him. But if you could get that whole crew at, at the very least once a month. Yeah. Yeah. It would be hard with uh, Pahari because he's uh, in Australia. But could also do it pre-recorded. True. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Fruit Squisher for $5, which is an amazing username, says, I'd like to explore the area of the M cave as well as look for something around Mount Shasta. If I get footage of anything, would you want it? Uh, I'm going to take the uh, the general, like, uh, what is it? Not kick-ass. Um, we're not going to request or, or suggest that you get us footage uh, for our safety and yours. Uh, but if you do, we'll pay you for it. <laughs> no. Yes, we'd well, I'm not saying we're going to pay him to get it. Just if he does happen to go out and get the, let's be honest with the man. We may give a donation for your safety. I guess women can swish fruit, too. <laughs> yeah, Here, I'll, I'll tell you this. The, the same thing that any news organization or or YouTube channel should say when somebody brings them footage. We don't recommend going if if you acquire footage of something and you think we'd be interested in it. Let us know. And we can discuss licensing fees. Yes. However, we do not recommend going to find the M cave or going to Mount Shasta, given the things that we've covered about those locations. Exactly. We want you to be safe. We want you to live a long and happy life. Or at least a happy life. As Which long is more important, long or happy? Why not both? Ah, I suppose. You know I've been expecting to die at 47s for a year. I know, and I'm trying to push the upper limit of that number <laughs> continually. For your benefit. Nonetheless, Cakes for 499 says, I hate change and I'm scared of it, but I know you guys have a plan and I'm here for it. Thank you. That is the kind of trust we need. Thank you. 
Uh, Echo Warrior for 1999 says, Hey guys, question for y'all. As you've done this line of work, has your opinion of law enforcement being being in charge of missing persons cases changed? Also, my redacted Patreon merch got here and I've been wearing it all day. Love to hear that about the merch. I have my thoughts. What are yours? Um, so the problem is that no matter what organization you form to put it in charge of missing persons cases, it will likely have the exact same problem that law enforcement has. Lack of resources, lack of interest, uh, lack of experience. So I think I think there's a middle ground. I think when, when a disappearance happens, uh, law enforcement should be involved. I do think that it would not it would not hurt if states uh, had their own uh, like search and rescue center that helped coordinate things. Uh, maybe that ran the search with like you know with law enforcement providing advice. I uh, but I also think that after a certain period of time has expired without law enforcement being able to solve a case, then with the permission of uh, you know the the next of kin. I think that it makes sense to release information to the public. Um, or at the very least, you know, re responsible parties. The problem is how you determine who responsible parties would be. But yeah, I think that um, after a certain period of time, if the police haven't solved it, it becomes clear that they can't solve it. And at that point, you should probably uh, open it up to private investigators, but not just official licensed private investigators because you have to be a, a cop for I think a detective for three years to do that uh you know and and that carries with it its own problems of our PI is going to be loyal to the police and cover for their mess ups um yeah so I think that after a certain period of time uh all information known about a case all police reports should be pub released publicly or at the very least should be available upon request yeah, no, it's pretty much the same thing. I, I like the way you started that because I was generally going to say no matter what the organization is, corruption and laziness will persevere. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's the more redundancies you can have in something, the better. And I think what he just described as essentially having a, a fourth, such as journalism or fifth estate, as in like other investigators that are on the outside come in at the very least attempt to assist uh, with, you know, ideally you could get permission from law enforcement, go through a background check to essentially help out as a civilian investigator mm -hmm. to be able to provide the resources or at the very least the the, the will to to want to see these through that, you know, maybe they don't have just due to the yeah. fact that they've got other things on their plate. You know, the biggest issue with law enforcement is that they don't their their only issue is not missing persons cases or just like solving crimes in general. Even detectives have several crimes that they are generally having to work on at once. You know, it's easy yeah. to get overloaded, but if you can, you know, real life is not criminal minds or law and order where you've mm -hmm. got a crack team of detectives working one case at a time. It's it's more like the DMV. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. the the glamour, unfortunately, that is presented by Hollywood is not real. Yeah. Um, and you rarely have somebody like a Sherlock Holmes out there. Uh, occasionally you do get somebody like that. Yeah. But and even when you do, the downside is that the, in real life, a lot of what's exciting in television and movies are actually people who are actively and sometimes knowingly breaking rules and laws that exist to you know protect uh, yeah. both you know the the public and the law enforcement themselves, and so the glitz and glamour and excitement yeah. of the job doesn't actually exist as we think it does, and it, it dissuades people because it's boring. But the thing is, is that the, the people who are really good at that job 
are willing and capable of doing the hours and hours and mm -hmm. hours of research and like hard copy investigation and paperwork that's necessary to make the system work as it's intended. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, they don't pay that well. Yeah. Uh, and it is easily overloaded in those systems. So ideally, there would be some way that outside help could work on a voluntary basis. Obviously, there are security issues there, but mm -hmm. we believe that there are ways to make that work. Yeah. Um, also, to answer my mom's question in the chat, uh, the redacted merch is the sweatshirt that you gave me when you arrived because you, you wanted to give it to me. Do you want me to get you another redacted hoodie or my mom? I'll get you another redacted hoodie. Incredible. <laughs> Uh, totally not Jamo or Yamo, uh, depending on where you're from in the world, for $10, says, Hey, Bussy Boys, I was wondering if you have ever had ever played Greedfall. <laughs> it's an RPG that draws inspo from Norse and native folklore. Uh, also, you never gave me a number for your reading the manga Berserk. Tell you what, 10K. <laughs> 10K and I'll read your anime. Um, as for Greedfall, I have not simply because I it, it didn't appear to be the kind of game that i would enjoy yeah uh you know i and again that might be that i just didn't didn't understand the concept i thought that the premise was cool i just didn't think that the mechanics would suit me uh speaking of video games however i have been playing a lot of hell divers lately and i've been streaming it mm. on my personal channel on fridays uh we have started a, a little squad of our own but as many of you who may play the game there there are 700 of you here if, if any of you play the game, you may know we're losing. We are losing the war against the automatons, and, and freedom is at stake. Uh, so to that I say, uh, you know, if you would like, I'm considering starting a, a, uh, a channel in the Discord, uh, which, by the way, if you're not in the Discord, it's bit.ly slash join the lodge. HTTPS colon slash slash bit.ly slash join the lodge. Um, I'm probably going to start a channel in there for, for Helldivers, uh and you can join midnight squadron you can you can join us uh hopefully Mid midnight squad will become midnight squadron and then uh you know from there it will become midnight platoon and company and hopefully eventually midnight division uh all that i request of you is that uh you name your ship something of midnight and uh you know we we can even coordinate missions i will appoint captains we'll have some fun with this nice uh but yeah if you want to do that um we'll we'll do it in the discord Oh, I'm terrible at sticking to schedules. So bad. The thing is, we're having fun, so we're just we are having ride. fun. Oh, I'm aware. Uh, I just thought I'd pop in and let you. Know, yeah, it's funny. Fair enough. Elena the Howler Werewolf Queen, still a great username from 499, says, "What if the monsters started as killers, but with uh, when they stopped for whatever reason, there were mm -hmm. copycats for the later killings? I assume referring to the specific Nahani." Yes. Uh. That would, I mean, I could see that as well. If if you eventually figure out that there's a legend of, you know, faceless monsters murdering people, you might think you can get away with it a lot better. So I would not put that, like I said, man or monster. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I think I think it's totally possible. Uh, and also, Alex, uh, one of our mods, thank you for putting the Discord link in there. That's helpful. You can also press the link that Alex just put in. Do you want to pin it? Sure. Um, all right, let's, uh, Kellen, the official data for 223, you know nice. us, said, so IRL demonologist at Penhurst. Uh, yeah, basically, uh, demonologist is a game like Phasmophobia. Yeah. Rapid Cougar 3 for A2 dollars says, can you do some Australian cryptid and such, please, please? Ooh, yeah, they have a Yowie. Ooh, like yeah, they their, their version of the, the, the Wendigo slash Bigfoot. That's fun. Yeah. 
Um, I, yeah, we can do that one for sure. Uh, we've got a series that we're working on. Actually, the video that we were shooting before the show and that we will be shooting after the show is uh, is part of a Bigfoot series. So that is going to be the first one's going to be covering the 20th century sightings and the creation of the Bigfoot legend mm-hmm. uh, as, we under- culture. as we understand it today. The video that follows will be talking about the Native American accounts that inspired the modern Bigfoot legend. Um, and then I uh, either within that video or as an add on, we'll be having another video that's covering the frontiersman tales. And then I'll figure out why you're laughing in a second. Uh, and then we will also look at, uh, you know, basically scientific discussions on Bigfoot outside of is the Patterson Gimlin tape real? Uh, we're going to be looking at, you know, DNA studies. Uh, there are the Sierra camp tapes, which we talked about in the past, which people went and did a whole, uh, you know, auditory analysis of it. Uh, of course, others were not okay with it um, and said it was wrong. But uh, yeah, so that's going to be some stuff we're, we're going to look at. It's just J.D. Petty's John Bernthal uh, reference. Uh, no, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I still uh, haven't seen that movie. Oh, it's so funny. Uh, anyways, uh, Kitty Rancor for $2 says, spicy calendar update, please. This summer, it, it's getting shot this summer. It will be a 2025 calendar, I promise you. We will get sexy for it. You're a lot closer than I am. Um, <laughs> I got further away from it since December. That's true. No, oh my god. I got there and then I bounced right back like a boomerang. I went down to 180. I got down from 212 to 180. And then the holidays happened. I was ready to shoot it. And then we had Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's. Yeah, I went. And then we went to New Orleans and I actually lost weight there because of a thing that happened. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I got I took a long journey from 170 back down to my normal like high schoolish weight of 140, and then I bounced back up to 155, and now I'm here like yeah it's a fight but we're getting there we're getting there as you get older it gets harder but also it's just like you know uh go to the gym and eat healthy which i have not been doing but we're gonna try and get better about that yes uh and then ryan wickup for ten dollars and 34 cents you know i like the specificity the old asylum in my city is supposedly haunted but they treated patients so well definitely not haunted been working nights there all month (laughs) that baseball player is real by the way ruby waddle Ryan, sometimes you say things and I, I just need a minute to comprehend them. Also, are you the person that we owe a shirt? Please confirm that because if yeah. we owe you anything. Also, have you checked the P.O. box recently? No, I haven't. Check the P.O. box. He sent us he sent us whiskey. Oh, he did. Very nice. Oh, that reminds me. I have to send I have to send Wendigun uh, a thank you. Ah, yes. We should we should send him a Pennsylvania bundle. Yes. Uh, totally not Yama for two dollars says. Have we you could ever- also send him an extraordinarily cursed-looking object and pretend to have no idea it's in there. Oh, what? Like, uh, like, uh, like, uh, where is it? What are you looking for? The book that he. Has. <laughs> <laughs> send him a lesser key of Solomon, yeah. but scribble a whole bunch of like demonic nonsense. <laughs> I could just see him. I could see the text pop up on my phone right now. It's simply, I hate you. I hate you both. Uh, Somehow in a Southern a- or a, like Tennessee accent. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and followed by grow up. Uh, <laughs> You're not making it to graduation. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> incredible. Uh, have you ever had the soda Moxie before? No, but is this going to be a doctor enough situation? Probably. Send us some. Yeah. <laughs> Ship it to our PO box. What is it? We would love to try it. What's our PO box? Oh, something that I'll tell you at like, a later date. It's like 9-something, right? Yeah, it's like 9-17 or 9-13. 9-17 sounds right, yeah. but we'll check. 
Uh, NR5 for $5 says, Love your channel, State College Resident 2. So there's Woo! that. Uh, check out Laurelton State Village, 1917 Abandoned Asylum, one hour east of Happy Valley. Well, I did want to go up for State Patties. There you go. What was that? Laurel? Uh, Laurelton State Village. Ah, this is probably similar to, uh, not Centralia. Well, probably similar to Centralia in some ways, but uh, Scotia, which is where my buddies and I used to go shoot guns. Just randomly, Uncle Chaw said, uh, send him the Necronomicon. And <laughs> but, but here's the problem. Is I saw Necronomicon, and I was like, why does that remind me of the Oratrice Mechanique d'Analise Cardinale? <laughs> why? Probably just because it's a lot of syllables. Anyway. Uh, Echo Warrior for four ninety nine says twelve hour shift podcast listeners where are you at Ganganga uh, haha only think that gets me through the six p.m. to six a.m. shift boys <laughs> woof although having done twenty four hour streams before I, I I feel that uh WMXW defunct you said you're a Williamsport PA resident not too far off so. Uh, Kat and I were traveling up to visit her parents in uh, upstate New York not long ago. She was very taken aback by Williams, Williamsport's existence. We were driving through <laughs> just mountains, just just pure Pennsylvania mountains, and all of a sudden, city in the middle of nowhere. All of a sudden, we crest the hill, and it's it's just after sunset, so it's dark. And I'm like, when did Manhattan get transported into the middle of Pennsylvania? It's more the size of Allentown. It is, but the lights made it look a lot yeah. bigger than it was. And I just, I'm so curious about the place. Is it nice? Do you enjoy living there? What do you do? Is it What's cheap? going on? Uh, yeah, like, there? Is it a nice spot? Are there good places to go out? Are there nice people? Like, tell me about it. I want to learn about Williamsport. It's just, it blew my mind for whatever reason. It was really cool. Anyway. Oh, there we go. P.O. Box 937, Phoenixville, Pennsylvania, 19460. Thank you, Kellen. Thank you, Kellen. <laughs> Kellen's like, uh -oh. I sent stuff there. I know what it is. What does that mean? Uh, please use a keyframe frequency for seconds. I don't know. Hang on. What? Oh, that's that's uh, something else entirely. I don't know. Uh, what happened? Stream status is poor. I I have been having weird issues with my internet and this computer lately. That'll do it then. They're saying funky buffering. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Well, there's nothing we can do about that, though. I mean, so far as I can tell, the... Yeah, we're still going. The internet is still working. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Oh. It's slow. I guess a lot of people are using the internet right now in the building? Uh, no, it's that Comcast is garbage. Yeah, that's fair. But the problem is that Verizon is also garbage. Yeah, what's that? Comcast, I'm paying you through the nose for... Gig speed internet, and I'm getting 63 megabytes per second. My guy. Nonetheless, if you heard my rant about Williamsport and you have answers to my questions, please let me know. Anyway, yeah. uh, let me see. Hang on. It just it's the internet. Yeah, it's it's just that uh, I have to scream at Comcast again because like once a month they do this, and it was supposed to be fixed, um, but. I guess not. It might be Wi-Fi. It might. I'll if it's still going on a few minutes, I'll figure it out. But Fair yeah. Anyway. So anyway, Hayden Ross for five dollars says the videos of y'all singing and playing covers of All Time Low. Referring. Oh, to those so, yes, yeah. yes. The uh, the All Time Low covers. Uh, I don't have All Time Low cover band. 
in which case there will be plenty of all-time low. Continuously run the speed test. Fair enough. Uh, Mike DeRocher for 199 says, I'm two hours from Crater Lake. Oh. Well, if we ever actually go out there, we'll let you know. Could be fun. Dread of the Deep for $2 says, Can a Wendigo survive a heap round to the chest? <laughs> what? I gotta look at what a heap round is. I know, a heat round? High explosive anti-personnel? Yeah. Would that, well, I guess oh, high lot. explosive armor piercing. Oh, no, it would not. That, that would knock it out. Yeah, yep. that would yeah, be, be rough. It's getting worse. Incredible. I'm going to scream redacted Comcast. Uh, we would stream on Ethernet, but we just don't have that set up well enough. Yeah, it's... Let me... Uh... Uh, totally not Yamo for $2 says, Tell Vampire from Pluto happy birthday. Oh, happy, happy birthday, birthday, Vampire from Pluto. Uh, rapid okay, yeah, it is, it is the internet. Fantastic. Um, which is just rich. So fun. Uh, rapid Cougar 3 for a $2 uh, says, You should do something with Outdoor Boys. He's cool. I'll have to figure out who Outdoor Boys is. Agreed. Uh, Eleanor de Howler, Howler ah. Wolf Queen for one ninety nine says board game recommendation Dragonwood Amazon. Uh, yeah, we'll check it out. I was actually just looking. Cat and I did a little target date on Friday, and we were looking for new board games uh, and trying to figure that out. So thank you for the rec. Uh, the new IKB four four seven two for five pounds said, "Would you cover wild big cats in the UK?" DNA evidence was found recently proving their existence. I will take a look into that. Seems interesting. Marbetta gave us, gave us MX $49. I would assume MX, MX is Mexico? Mexico. In which case, thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. I mean, either way, thank you, but... <laughs> Comcast is so full of shit. Oh, 100%. Although sometimes when I do that and then I run a speed test, it's normal again. So it's like they have to recognize... That I'm like no, upset. I'm I'm taking pictures of this, <laughs> um, and I'm gonna tweet at Comcast yet again. Totally Nayama for two dollars says, "All right, Mattis, give me a year, and you will read." Oh, All right. <laughs> Wolf. Uh, oh, it's gone away now. Cool. We're with like an excellent connection. Thanks. Nice. Xfinity. Uh, I told you, sometimes you just have to do that. Uh, Kelly official data for 556. Love it. Uh, how much if I get a video evidence of Sasquatch when I get back to Washington? Good question. Well, now that Sora exists, I don't trust you. Yeah, great point. <laughs> um, great point. Uh, I will say, if you were to get a Bigfoot video, I, I trust you enough that you wouldn't be screwing with us uh, after yeah. how long you've been around. So actually, we, we, we would pay you for that, um, you know? I probably quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, why not? Bradley B for five dollars says, "I don't know if you have a Cracker Barrel near you somewhere, uh, but a lot of old sodas are sold there, like Moxie and Doctor Enough." I feel like it's but, well, Cracker Barrel again is more of a Southern thing, and I feel like that's more of a Southern thing, especially yeah. Doctor Enough. They have Cracker Barrel up here, though. I feel like it's, I've seen one, but only in like Ohio. Mm, they there's one out. In, there was one out in Plymouth Meeting. Really? I don't know if it's still there, but Wild. I'll find the nearest Cracker Barrel. Yeah, do it up. Uh, Ryan Whitcup for $2.31. Love it. Say, you boys ever watch Mindhunter? I've been meaning to for ages, but I've been terrible about watching television shows other than NCIS recently. It is a phenomenal show. Oh, yeah, there's one right over in, uh, where is oh, that? Like Westchester. Ah, cool. Mindhunters hmm. is a really, really good show. I'm going to close nice. this because it'll probably help us with the internet. Yeah, no doubt. 
Uh, Asmodeus. Asmodeus. Asmodeus uh, for $13.37. Love it. Great. Said, are there going to be any new Weird Bible videos? Next Thursday. Yep. Made up my mind and got Bible two days ago. KJV. Going to give religion a try again. Also, how is the boy <laughs> drawing a blank on his name? Where is he? Uh, he's somewhere. Archie. Here. Come here, bud. Uh, well, I, I can't lift her in front of the camera now. Ella, come here. Come here. Archie. No, come on, like, bud. I don't trust you. I have, I have big Archie. I have big Archie. <laughs> There's small Archie. This is big Archie. This Archie, is Ella. Come here, buddy. And Aiden's going to get small Archie. Oh, there we go. We have the pups. They are similar shapes, but different sizes. Yes. And he's fluffier. Fluffer. Ella's very confused. She's not quite as used to being held as Archie. <laughs> she just made a sound. Which she does quite frequently, actually, because she's a hot skate. Hey. Archie, would you like to read one of the questions? Archie doesn't know how to read. Unfortunately. He barely knows how to breathe, if we're being honest. He can't drink water. He actually cannot drink water. He drinks water and immediately coughs every time without fail. Why do you always do that? Aiden, it is 8.47 p.m. Oh, I know. <laughs> we need to finish the Super Chat so we can fix the Bigfoot video so we can go to our meeting so I can go back into Helldivers and save the world and also pay attention to my wonderful girlfriend. And then so I can go... Edit the ad. I'll do Helldivers after you go sleep. <laughs> Mike DeRoche for 199 said, Oh, and I've lived in Oregon since 1970. So you killed Charles McCuller when you were... Well, I don't know if you are saying that you've only been in Oregon since... I, you might be older than that, but if you were born in 1970, then clearly you killed Charles McCuller at the ripe age of five. Yes. Uh, Asmodeus for $5 says, also, can I get a link to the Discord or is that a membership thing? You might have already put it in the ah, chat earlier. It's it is pinned, pinned at the top of the chat. Uh, you can also go to HTTPS colon slash slash bit dot LY slash join the lodge. Potato Cryptid for $5 says, how would one get notified about your group travel plans? Discord. Yeah. Uh, everything also, all major announcements also go on the YouTube community page. So, uh, having, have notifications enabled for that because those are important. How all that three was, of yeah. us looks. Did he? Yes. He was the first. Um, uh, totally not Yama for $2 says, so you have, have you had Moxie, the soda, I mean? No, I have not. But if you if you send it to us, I will try it and I will review it live. Um, all right. Whew. But yeah, uh, thank you guys so much for hanging out. I am going to have to do a very quick outro because we have... A solid amount of stuff that we still have to shoot for this Bigfoot video. Then we have a meeting. And then we have a meeting. And he has to do an ad. And then I have to pay attention to Amanda. I will. I want to pay attention to Amanda. I promise. Um, <laughs> we love you guys so much. Yes. But I uh, don't know how to stop working. We would like to go to sleep at some point also. Um, but yeah, so uh, I will tomorrow get the, the Midnight Squadron thing set up in Discord um i'll alert the boys and i uh, it won't you know i i won't necessarily be that i'll be squatting up with you guys every time but i might squat up with you uh occasionally and at the very least we'll uh we'll organize our our front and we'll we'll make attacks on on specific bases yeah i'm gonna get the game too awesome it'd be fun all right rapid cougar 3 did say i'm the perfect missing form one victim and it's funny you're right it is funny good night <laughs> Right screen? Right screen. I'm just kidding. I'm just screwing around with you. We love it. We love But yeah, we do have to go shoot a bunch of stuff about Bigfoot. We're tired. We were going to do one Bigfoot video, and we were like, ah, we can probably cover the whole thing. No, I covered 
less than a century. <laughs> Took me a week to cover four events. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for hanging out. Uh, I will see those of you who watch the personal channel uh, tomorrow evening. That is Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern time. And, uh, you know, the rest of you who don't watch the personal channel, I will see you later. Bye, guys.